I'm Arie Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover various topics important to the W. Using X's and O's along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. This week, special guest, Anila. Anila has been covering women's basketball for over three years and is a well-respected voice in covering such. We could very easily cover many different topics with you, Anila, um, but for this show, we're really going to focus specifically on the 2018 mock draft and a little background of why. I know as we went through, and we being Eli and I, uh, going through this offseason at NCAA tournament, we both really paid attention to your mock drafts, and we took it a lot more serious than, let's say, some of the more big-name uh, uh, sites out there or names out there. And we really like the in-depth, and you, in fact, uh, Eli's told me many times that you even shaped his thoughts on a few players and convinced him to move them on our mock draft and on, on his kind of player profiles. So we really were honored that you join us and, and discuss your mock draft. So um, why don't you say hi to the folks, and then we can just kind of hop in on, on your, your, your final version of the mock draft. All right. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Anila Khan. I, on Twitter, you can follow me at, at Hoops Blogger. And basically, uh, I've been covering uh, women's basketball, for, uh, like the WNBA, college, ca- the Canadian national team for about three years now. And to start off for the 2018 WNBA mock draft, well, I, I did many versions. And the final one has the number one pick as overall as Asia Wilson. And she's going to the Las Vegas Aces. Then I have Kelsey Mitchell. She's a guard. She's going to the Indiana Fever. And then Diamond DeShields, who can play either the guard or the forward position to the sky. I have um, the early entry from Connecticut. Um, Sorry if I mispronounce her name. I'll try my best. Um, Azure Stevens from Connecticut, who's a forward to the sky. And then I have Jordan Canada, guard to the storm. Gabby Williams, a forward to the Dallas Wings. Victoria Vivians, a guard to the Washington Mystics. I have Lexi Brown going to the Indiana Fever, who's also a guard. Kia Nurse, the Connecticut product this, to go to Connecticut Sun, um, number nine. And number 10 is ten to 12 is where it kind of got interesting. At this point, I was just looking for the best um, available and the best who I thought was still out there. And that's where Maria Vadiva came in, who's a center from Russia. And I picked her to go to New York. And then I have Monique Billings, a forward from UCLA, to go to the Sparks. And the 12th pick is Marie Gulich from Oregon State, and who's also from Germany, to go to the Phoenix Mercury. So that's just the first round. I noticed that there was a little bit of difference between your first version, your second version, and I believe we're, we're on to even four for your final version. Um, I kind of wanted, I wondered, you know, if you could kind of expand on what went into the the ebbs and flows of each player on this and and again you're not just doing the first round you got the first three you got all three rounds on it so you know j- just a little background on what went into your mindset for deciding where players are going to go 
Well, in the earlier ver versions, uh, I was just looking to get a sense of where players were because a lot of it is that in the, especially um, during the NCAA tournament when players are put on this big stage, a lot more attention is put towards the seniors, the draft prospects. So the coaches start to notice certain tendencies. So in the first one, it was just about seeing who was the best at that point before they uh, start the tournament. The second one was after the the first round, which is the round of 64 and round of 32. And then the third one was when um, we had the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. And then right after that, um, the last one, it was just after the final four. And the reason why it changed so much is because um, certain players started to really stand out. They really started to show themselves differently. And other players who we thought were going to be in the first round uh, dropped, like their stock dropped. So that's why it changed. Somebody that I've been very high on, Kian Nurse. I noticed looking through um, your draft prospects, and, and, and she had a great... A, a great tournament. She's somebody who didn't move at all. So that's kind of the flip side. I'm curious as far as key nurse, do you think, I mean, I don't want to, well, why don't you just give me your take on why, why you didn't move her around that nine spot? Well, because a lot, I got a lot of um, interesting theories on this um, because uh, a lot of people were like, oh, but Kia Nurse has done so much for Connecticut. She, you know, has become a great defender. She's like, has great sides. She can shoot the ball. Like, she would be great earlier. But I felt at that point that she was best for the Connecticut Sun. I felt like she would fit in for that team. And I just didn't feel like moving her up because I don't think, in my opinion, that she would be, it's like a better draft option than all of the other players ahead of her. I feel like the other players ahead of her have this one thing that makes them stand out that I couldn't move um, Kia Nurse. So that's why she stayed at nine. I got to I mean, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I got to agree on that. I mean, she definitely doesn't have the, the flashiness of a of a Canada or or even the even Lexi Brown or or, or what we've seen from Victoria Vivians. I mean, you have a, a huge amount of talent coming in before her, so I think it's really a situation of of how you know. There's only so much that she could do on a UConn team to really a UConn team that has Gabby Williams to really move up in this draft because it's such a stacked draft. Is there anybody who in this first round? Or I guess in the second round, let's move on to the second round, not necessarily looking too in-depth on it. Is there someone who, in your final projected second round, uh, kind of stands out to you as someone who might earn a spot as a starter in the next few years? Uh, Taylor, um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your na name, Taylor. Taylor Scarfi from Rutgers. I'm going to have her as like the seventh overall in second round to the Mystics. I just feel like her game is suited for the WNBA level and a lot of people haven't gotten the chance really to get to know her um, game and she's actually I would say very a very good uh, she's a very good shot at making any of the training camp rosters whoever team she ends up because as we all know the draft is so unexpected we don't know what's going to happen we don't know if she'll get drafted in second or third or whatever so I feel like she has a good shot and I also like um, Lauren Goodwin I right now I have her going eighth to Phoenix but that could change again I just feel like she has good size I feel like she proved herself um, in Oklahoma State this year I feel like she set herself up well for the WNBA draft so I feel like she could also be one of those people to watch out for and 
as for now. And then um, Ariel Atkins, even though I have her in the second round, she could also go early first round. So she's also a guard that you could keep your eye on. So for now, those are my, I guess, sleepers or um, people to watch for. So I, I, looking at a, a couple of your different versions of the draft, I noticed that uh, Jordan Canada and Lexi Brown, I mean, more so Lexi Brown, but Jordan Canada and Lexi Brown both shifted a little bit. Um, can you talk about, I mean, I think everybody knows Kelsey Mitchell and Canada kind of cemented her name in the headlines over, over the tournament. Um, can you speak a little bit more about, you know, the two point guards who, besides Kelsey Mitchell, you know, are the top point guards or top guards in this draft? Yeah. So Jordan Canada, we'll see coming into the tournament, a lot of people thought she would be a top 10 pick. That's not nothing wrong, but when she hit the court for the NCAA tournament against Texas, I believe, and that's where I felt like, you know what, she's making a name for herself because she just kept attacking the rim. She was fearless. She was, she became this leader that you need uh, in the next level. And so that's, that's why she moved up because before that, I think I had her like lower. And as for Lexi Brown, what I really like about her game is that she's not only is she a good, uh, good guard, she's a really great defender and you really need that in the next level. She's got great size. She can shoot the ball. And I feel like her, like, I feel like she would do also well uh, with the Dallas wings or whatever teams um, she ends up being drafted to so that's why they moved up or moved in different directions so somebody who's been getting at least on our end a lot of attention and i think some more people are starting to kind of pick up on her not that we started the the trend or anything her her game has just been mind-boggling all season uh vivi as i'm calling her because i'm always worried about butchering people's names victoria vivians what do you think i mean forget team that she would fit on well what do you think her prospect is going into the W? It's really good. A lot of people are high on her. I don't think she's a top five pick, but but uh, I have her as like top seven. And the reason why she's really good is she's got the size that you need. She's got she's improved her shooting, her outside shooting, her defense. The reason there's a reason why Mississippi State had the year they did. If it wasn't for Victoria Vivians, they wouldn't have gone as deep as as they would have. So they should, um, I think Victoria Vivians is so intriguing. I, I'm excited to see what she brings to the WNBA. And um, if the Mystics um, end up selecting her, and everybody already knows why there could be an inside track is because, you know, her, um, the Washington Mystics head coach is Mike Tebow. And then her daughter, I mean, his daughter, uh, Carly Tebow, is the assistant coach for the Mississippi State women's basketball team. I'm sure he knows more about her game than any of us do. And so that's why I had her as high as I, as, as high as I could. Because I felt like the other top five just had a notch more to give than Victoria Vivians. Not to say that Victoria Vivians isn't great and she's going to be a really great player. I just felt like she's still a top 10 pick, but she's not a top five pick. No, I, I hear you on that. I mean, somebody who has played as well as she did and really transformed her game, and I completely agree about how she carried the team. I think it's interesting that at least from, you know, again, bigger names out there, a lot of people who were just watching the tournament kept noticing Tierra McCowan, and not really as much as I think that she deserved credit for it. Vivi wasn't getting enough of the credit. And then 
you start hearing from people who are scouting for the W and for the draft, and that's when you started to hear her name a lot more because I think people were paying a lot more attention to specific players, kind of like you were talking about. As you get later in the draft, the coaches are starting to focus in because you know these are the players who are available. Unlike the NBA, you know, where someone might be able to say, oh, this freshman over here was looking really good in the tournament, and now we got to keep our eye on them also. In, in the women's league, you have a lot more, at least, narrow focus because there is a much more limitation on, on how, who can go pro. Um, talk to me about Maria Vidiva. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Maria Vidiva is a talented prospect out of Russia. If she weren't international, she'd be the number one pick because of how young she is, her experience, and she's played against the WNBA and international players. And so, and so therefore, um, if it weren't for her commitments to the Russian team, to Eurobasket, she would be number one. Because of her size, of what she can do, she can go out in the perimeter, she can go score inside, she can do so many things. And she's so young, so that she has more room to grow than all of the like 21-year-olds or 22-year-olds who have already kind of developed into the like their game, into their bodies. So that's why a lot of people would have had her number one if it weren't for her international commitments. So my thoughts on that are, quite simply, do you think that it's feasible for a team that maybe has somebody who isn't as young as her at a big, you know, I don't, I, I, these are just examples, not saying realistically, but Sylvia Fowles or a Brittany Griner or, or even, you know, someone who has like a Liz Cambage uh, in, in Dallas. Do you think that she could possibly be a better fit? I'm just talking fit now. Could she be a better fit there? just because of those overseas commitments and the lack of knowledge on how much you're going to have her, at least in these early seasons? I'm, I guess so, because I, I would assume that whoever's going to draft her is going to have to have a, a need for her because I don't see her coming. Um, I don't see her coming to the league unless she is guaranteed, um, I guess it's not, not necessarily like a starting spot, but like a spot in the, on the team. And if she's going to be put against, I mean, if she's going to be on the same team as, as those um Teams, I don't think she would come over. I think I think you need a commitment from her, and I think you need a commitment from the team, whoever drafts her, and has a need to put her, um, not necessarily as a starter, but someone to that you kind of rely on. Because I don't feel like she would come. Uh, um, I don't think she would come over to the WMA because remember she's making. In the in the uh, Euro League, you're making way more than the WNBA. Let's just be honest. So I don't, I don't, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, that, I mean that's a great point. You, the The amount of playing time obviously often is overlooked, or the amount of role, or the 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 size of the role that you're going to have, I think is often overlooked, especially when you're talking about players coming from college ball into the W. Because especially, you know, looking at teams who are the, the two-time repeat uh, finals teams, the Sparks and the Lynx, those teams don't have a lot of minutes for young players. I mean, even when you have a player like uh, like uh, Weiss last year who was dropping, what was that crazy game where she like nailed a ton of threes and then we didn't see that many minutes from her afterwards. Um, so great, great eye on that. Another thing I want to talk to you about, Diamond to Shields, someone who, I mean, let's not get too much. I, I, I really hate getting into the off-court stuff, but I want your thoughts on ju- just in general, is, you know, that goes into effect if you're going to be picking that type that player with a top five pick. And skill set-wise, I don't think there's a question she's a top five pick, 
How do you think that, like, what's her draft value with everything included? To me, she's the top three pick because her what she can do on the floor, what she can bring, what she can still grow, she can still get better. Um, and be, and I feel like she would, she is going to go top three regardless of her, what have we've heard over the years about her off-court stuff that I don't really want to get into. But um, I just feel like skill-wise, she's top three. Um, I just feel like she has so much to offer. And I feel like Chicago Sky head coach Amber Stocks is really high on her. I mean, she did go to Turkey for her, to visit her, to see, to scout her in December. So, I mean, that's a pretty good sign when a GM comes to get just to see you. Yeah, in a different country. It's not like we're not talking like we're, I'm taking a plane to um, or even a bus to like a different state to go see you. No, I'm I'm hopping on an international flight for you. So that's how you know I'm interested in you. Yeah, I, I've also underrated. And when a when a coach is willing to make that type of commitment, that says a lot. And I think, you know, again, ignoring off court stuff. If you're a player who's a, a top talent in the draft and who's been playing overseas professionally, you kind of want to get courted like that. You want a little bit of a red carpet because you understand your talent. And also, you know, she is somebody who who chose to go pro and that decision was kind of, I don't want to say was confirmed, but was patted on the back because she's been able to deliver overseas. Um, well, that kind of brings us to something, in my opinion, we've been beating around the bush a little bit about Azura Stevens. And again, apologize if I butcher the name. How does she, she's someone who who declared for the draft, not late, I don't want to say late, but she declares for the draft after the tournament, and she kind of tossed a lot of stuff to the side and and made people kind of have to restart evaluating tapes and reevaluating the the value of everybody else in the draft. We had players who were basically shoe-ins who now aren't shoe-ins to be a top five. What are your thoughts? Well, Azure Stevens definitely shook up my draft, and I know a lot of people's others draft as well because of what she can do. She's 6'6". She has the potential to score from inside, outside. She has future star potential. And and I was really shocked when I heard that declaration because people told me from who are like no, no Connecticut or something that she's not going to declare that she's going to go for um, another season for Connecticut, especially after the way they ended their season. So that was surprising. I was just shocked as everybody else was. And the reason why there's kind of like a little difference between everyone on where she goes is because she's so talented. She could go second and Pokey Chapman could select her or she could not select her. She could go with Kelsey Mitchell, whatever her choice is. Uh, And so that's why she's going from either two to three to four. I just think... I do think, though, that if, Chicago, if the Sky pass up Azure Stevens, then the Dallas Wings are set because I don't see, I don't see um, Seattle giving up on Jordan Canada. I think they're pretty set with her. But like that's why there's so much difference between everyone because we like personally, I would want her second because of what she can do. But I know it's not up to me, right? It's up to the general managers and head coaches. And they also all have all this information and they obviously know more than we do at this point. So, um, Besides that point, that's why that's why in my final one I changed it and I put Kelsey because I felt at the end that Pokey Chapman probably really wanted Kelsey more than Azure Stevens, even though Azure Stevens is talented and can do so much. 
And that's the the thing I was gonna bring up. So way way to way to defend yourself before I even attack. Because <laughs> I was gonna say I noticed on your on your drafts that that Stevens you know shifted from two to three in, in a little bit. And my thought is the the same. You know she has that talent. She could go number two. Honestly, I wouldn't be that shocked. And I know this is like a wild, outlandish idea, but I wouldn't be that shocked if she went one. I don't think she will, but just because of of her flexibility as far as her her abilities to do things i mean the the woman can ball and the woman can do so many things on the court she may be and i know eli said this a lot she may be you know as far as as flexibility on the court the next elena deladon the next candace parker that is a legitimate possibility at her size and her skill set um but how happy are you if, if if i can get you to put on your your uh your gm cap how happy are you if you're the Seattle Storm and the Dallas Wings, that Stevens declares for this draft. You're really happy because you get a talented player regardless, and all of the talented players just move a notch below, and you you, you catch some of that uh, draft gem your way, whoever it is. Now, now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm not sure if you know this. Uh, Eli and I have both been a little bit critical, if you will, of the trade that sent the Minnesota Lynx number 12 pick out to Phoenix. Um, can I get your thoughts on, you don't necessarily need to have a comment on if you think it was a good trade or not, or, or your, dra- your trade grades, but I do want, knowing that Stevens is in this draft and the rest of those talented players who were projected to go early are pushed down a little bit more, do you think that it, that changes your personal opinion about whether or not it was a good trade? Um, no, I don't think so. I think... I think the Lynx know what they were doing, and so that's why that trade happened. And I think Phoenix, as a result, gets the lucky is a lucky benefiter, whoever the twelfth pick is, because they're getting a one talented player more than uh, than it was before. Before um, Azure Stevens declared, so I mean, if you're Phoenix, you're you're happy, and if you're the Lynx, well, then you just wait and see what happens this season. So I know we're, we're, we're kind of going around on our time now, so I just really wanted to give you a minute to kind of plug your, your site and plug the hard work that you do. So, um, Anila, why don't you let everyone know, remind them where they can find you on Twitter and, and, and Facebook and all the different social medias. All right. Well, uh, first off, my name is Anila, and my Twitter is at WHOOPSBlogger, so it's a W-H-O-O-P-S blogger, and I blog on WBasketballBlog.wordpress.com, and basically I just blog about, like, um, overall things such as, like, mock drafts or, like, thoughts on the season or anything that comes into my mind. Um, regarding on the WNBA, college women's basketball, um, the Canadian national senior women's team, and whatever miscellaneous things I can find. Um, so that's where you can find all the good stuff from me. Awesome. And we really want to thank you so much for joining us and, and for the, the awesome conversations we've been having over Twitter about this draft and, and the things moving forward. Again, folks, this has been the WNBA Insider Show. I'm Arie Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz. We cover different topics each week using X's and O's, along with key stats. We bring critical and honest analysis.